Okay, three, two, one. Oh my goodness. Good morning, good afternoon. Whatever it is for you, I hope you're having a fantastic day. My name is Zach Schaumler. This is Strong Opinion Sports, episode 348. It's good to be back. Oh my gosh. Uh, we'll talk about that in a moment. Today is about the NFL draft. Uh, literally, it's the last moment. Today, It's today. And so we're going to talk about the top six quarterbacks in the upcoming NFL draft. I uh, cut the music in case it's already not. If it's not, if it's still playing, let's cut it. Uh, I guess I'm talking to myself in the future, but I want you to know the music's ending. Anyway, uh, I want to make the understatement of the year. You don't want COVID. It's horrible. It's awful. Uh, in case you, if you follow me on social media, you may know. I talked about it on my Instagram story. I got COVID, tested positive, got very, very sick. Uh, it's a miserable, horrible experience. I don't need to tell you that. You know COVID's terrible, but I got it. Uh, headaches. I think it's called, uh, what's it, cold sweats, where you're like, your body's freezing, but you're sweating because you're so hot. Like, you're wearing three layers of clothes and jackets, and you're still like, but it's it, your body temperature is really, really high. Uh, I was useless for like two weeks. Literally couldn't do anything. So COVID is not fun. That's like my review of COVID. Zero out of 10. You don't want it. And what's frustrating is I was taking every precaution. Like, I work from home. I don't go out. I don't party. I don't do anything. I don't even drink. Literally, like, my dad is a, a beer writer, and he's disappointed me because I don't ever drink. Uh, we had one person over. That person got me and my fiance very, very sick. So I, I can't encourage you enough. Like, be very careful. You want to be safe. Uh, and I, if there's any weird cuts in this episode, it's because I'm still recovering. Uh, in fact, I actually had to literally redo this intro because I started coughing. So uh, I'm fine. Like, I, I'm, again, I'm home. I'm safe. And the draft is today. So I can't. I literally can't wait any longer. I've wanted to talk about this for so long, uh, and I've been recovering, recovering. I'm the best I could possibly be. So we're just, we're just gonna do it. Uh, today, I want to share my thoughts on the top six quarterbacks in the upcoming NFL draft. I watched a ton of film, but I want to be very, very clear. I don't care about a quarterback's numbers or their statistics. I don't care how many touchdowns they threw. I don't care, care about their wins or losses. I'm not, I, I, I break down film, decision-making, accuracy, habits, timing, stuff like that. Uh, and I, I watch every single game. That's my process. I take very detailed notes. I'm going to share you what I learned uh, in the process of watching film and doing my notes. Uh, and I want to tell you one other thing that is that, you know, I the one thing I can't, uh, kind of that remains to be seen is work ethic. There's this kind of unquantifiable thing that you can't see on film. Like, you can do the best you can, but at the end of the day, if one guy has a, you can break down film all you want. I, I certainly could. But the guy who wants it the most is going to be successful. Uh, and there could be a guy out there who, works his tail off, and it wants to prove everybody wrong. He's very, very hungry. I think I know who that guy is in this draft, by the way. Uh, but there's, at the end of the day, it's up to the guy, people and how hard they work and the situation they land in. So I, I'm not a fortune teller. I can't predict exactly how things are going to go. But I can tell you my top six quarterbacks and who I think is the best quarterback in this draft class. I also want to say I, there, I was going to do seven, and I watched all the film for Kyle Trask. And what I had was a really negative topic, and I decided to just cut it out. Kyle Trask was really inconsistent on film. His arm isn't exactly what I want it to be. Kyle could still be very successful. I don't want to tear him down, um, but I want to be clear. Like, I, I feel bad. You know, Logan, big fan of the show. He's a supporter on Patreon from Florida, loves Florida football. I was going to talk about Kyle, but I, I, <laughs> I think he's a backup, and I could be wrong. We'll see. Like, now that I've said that, I'll probably become a Hall of Fame quarterback and have an incredible career. Uh, and I, I frankly, I, I want Kyle Trask to do very well. I hope the Saints draft him. He's not on this list because he's a guy that I did research on and was like, 
I'm not that excited about him. So uh, now I want to share my top six quarterbacks in the 2021 NFL draft, starting with this guy. Zach Wilson is the quarterback out of BYU. Uh, the assumption is that he's going to get drafted number two overall by the New York Jets. And I believe that Zach Wilson is the best quarterback in the 2021 NFL draft class. Uh, and it's actually kind of a shame. I want to see the guy go to a team with better weapons. It's like, ah, the Jets. Like, actually, I wish he would go to the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Jaguars have some really good weapons. Instead, he's going to go to New York, a team that I don't have a lot of confidence in. However, I will say, I like their GM. I like their head coach, Robert Sala. I like their new offensive coordinator. He's awesome. Mike LaFleur, brother of Matt LaFleur. Uh, he also worked uh, for years in San Francisco under Kyle Shanahan. So I do think it's a solid situation. I just wish he was going to a team in New York that had better weapons. Uh, but Zach Wilson, again, is pretty undoubtedly going to be a number two overall pick today uh, in the draft. Now, Zach Wilson, he's a great decision maker. Uh, I obviously I wouldn't say he's the best quarterback in the draft if he wasn't. Uh, but the guy is also really, really talented. Uh, when it comes to natural talent throwing the football. He's the best thrower of the football in this draft class. He's also the best thrower on the run. I mean, nobody throws the ball better moving outside of the pocket than Zach Wilson in this draft. He's got beautiful mechanics. He makes throwing the football look very, very easy. Reminds me a lot of Aaron Rodgers. Kind of the, you hear the comp Aaron Rodgers a lot with Zach Wilson. There's a reason for that. He can throw the ball all over the field. He's great down the sideline making throws, Uh, watching him throw to Dax Milne, and Gunnar Romney, their chemistry was unbelievable. And the way he threw the ball along the sideline last year, oh, it's beautiful. Like, it was so much fun to watch. And my favorite quarterback to watch in college football last year. And, uh, you know, I want to say this. Another thing Zach Wilson does very, very well is move around and extend plays. You'll probably hear Zach Wilson compared to Patrick Mahomes a lot now, in the draft, in the future. Like, you're going to hear these two guys talked about all the time. And that's for good reason, because Zach Wilson and Patrick Mahomes – have a very similar style, the way that they you know, run around and extend plays, the way that you know, they could both throw the ball from different arm angles depending on what they need to do at the moment, uh, the way they make throws on the run. And against Houston, Zach Wilson even had a no-look shovel pass uh, for a touchdown. You're like, that literally looks like Patrick Holmes. So I get the comparison. I hear that a lot. Uh, there's a reason for that. And on film, there are two throws that really, really stood out with Zach Wilson, and I'm like, those are the two best throws I saw on film. Uh, So throw number one was in that Houston game I talked about. Probably his most impressive game last year, by the way, was against Houston. It's a third and 15, late in the fourth quarter. He threw a beautiful fade ball down the right sideline to Dax Millen, where you're like, oh, that's a beautiful, beautiful throw. Uh, Really tight coverage, didn't carry, put it in the perfect spot. And then against San Diego State, it was a cold night up in the Utah Mountains, which that's encouraging, too. If you're a New York person, you're like, Hey, he threw the ball well in the cold? Hey, awesome. Yeah, he did that. He threw the ball up and over a defender for a touchdown with a guy in his face. As he's getting hit, up and over a defender over the middle. Beautiful throw. The two best throws I saw all year. Against Houston, fade ball. And then uh, in the San Diego State game, up and over a defender with a defender in his face, bearing down. Uh, So I'm sure that makes you happy. Again, if you're from New York, you're like, oh, he can throw the ball in the cold. Thank goodness. He's played in the cold. He's played in Utah. Uh, again, there's a ton of throws along the sideline where, like, this guy just can put the ball literally anywhere he wants. Uh, and if you're bored, look up the whole shot that Zach Wilson threw against Louisiana Tech. It's behind the corner before the safety can get across and make the play. Uh, whole shot down the right uh, down the right sideline. Just a beautiful, beautiful throw for a touchdown. 
Now, there are probably two concerns about Zach Wilson we need to talk about. Uh, number one, uh, I, I personally, I, I've heard that New York doesn't care. I do. Uh, I have some injury concerns with Zach Wilson. He's not the biggest guy ever. He's been hurt before. I want to see Zach Wilson slide, get down, protect himself. Do not take any unnecessary hits. Uh, please, Zach Wilson, be smart. Protect your body. That's what I would do. That's what I would tell him if I was his coach. Now, the number two concern comes from other people. I don't have this concern, but people talk about the fact that Zach Wilson played at BYU and the level of competition wasn't the best in the best in college football. And, uh, you know, we talk about the, the talent gap. And I want to remind people that every quarterback in the, quote, top five uh, played at, on a team with a talent advantage, meaning that, uh, you know, Mac Jones played at Alabama. I don't know what other, you know, talent gap he can have. Mac Jones literally had the best players always in every single game he played in. Or Justin Fields had the best athletes in all of the Big Ten at Ohio State. Or Trey Lance played at North Dakota State, where he had the best players in FCS, you know, Division I AA uh, college football. His teammates were always better. And then Trevor Lawrence had all the best players in, uh, on Clemson. Playing against crappy ACC teams, he had a talent advantage as well. So all five quarterbacks uh, at the top of the NFL draft had a gap of talent compared to their competition. I really don't care that he played against, you know, teams that BYU played on BYU schedule. The film shows Zach Wilson has, man, a ton of talent. He plays with a ton of uh, great habits, NFL habits, NFL skill set. And uh, in my opinion, Zach Wilson is the best quarterback in the 2021 NFL draft, bar none. Can make all kinds of throws, can run all over the field. Uh, and if I was a coach, Zach Wilson is the guy I would most want to work with in the 2021 NFL draft. Yeah, <clears throat> let, uh, let me drink some water real quick. I hear a sound. Well, what is it? Okay. There's this. Dog. Can you hear? You probably can't hear. It. There's this dog. My, my neighbor has this dog. He puts out at what time is it? <laughs> Six oh five in the morning. My my neighbor puts their stupid dog outside. Literally leaves that out. It barks and yowls. Six in the morning, mind you. The whole neighborhood's like, what's going on? He yowls and yowls. He probably can't even hear it. Every stinking morning at six a.m., I hear this now. Luckily, I'm all up all night, literally every night. I'm, I'm still awake um, from last night. I get up late and have, I'm a night owl. I like working at night. It's cooler in the house. Anyway, <laughs> uh, I want to talk about Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence, the quarterback out of Clemson, we all expect is going to be the number one overall pick by the Jacksonville Jaguars in tonight's NFL draft. Uh, I think they're going to do that. It's the safest thing that Jacksonville could possibly do because everybody expects Jacksonville to pick Trevor Lawrence. He's kind of the chosen one. He's been expected to be the number one overall pick for literally years now. And so Jacksonville is not going to go against the grain. I mean, can you imagine if Jacksonville drafted Zach Wilson number one overall instead of Trevor Lawrence, and then something happened and he got hurt or he failed in the NFL? Like, those guys that made that pick would get crucified. They might, even if they drafted Zach Wilson tonight and it went well. They're probably still going to get crucified tonight because people say, well, you should have drafted. I, I don't, like, they're they're going to let outside noise bother them. It doesn't matter. Now, the good news is Jacksonville has some decent weapons. They have three good receivers, DJ Chark, LaVisca Chenault, Marvin Jones. they got two solid running backs, James Robinson and Carlos Hyde. Now, about Trevor, uh, I encourage people to go watch the Virginia Tech game. Watching Clemson against Virginia Tech from 2020, you're going to see some of Trevor Lawrence's bad habits. You'll see 
a deep ball and a triple coverage, you will see an interception dropped. You'll see an interception on third and goal in the end zone. You're like, ah, it's a lot of plays. We're like, ah, I don't, that's not good. And that's not good. And that's not good. And so uh, Trevor is a guy who throws a lot of screen passes, throws a lot of jump balls. He really relied on his guys to help him out wide. And for example, in the Ohio State game, what we saw when he struggled against Ohio State, it's because his guys could not win matchups outside along the sideline. Uh, and, and also, by the way, Trevor Lawrence has a habit where sometimes he overstrides on his deep ball and the ball kind of hangs up in the air and gets stuck up there and then dies and goes short of his target. So my point in saying all that, the reason I'm saying that is because Trevor Lawrence is not perfect. And I want that expectation very, very clear. He's viewed as the savior, the chosen one, the best quarterback since John Elway or Andrew Luck. And I say whatever you want. There's still problems on tape. And I'm not trying to tear the guy down. I'm trying to be realistic for you guys. Uh, Just because you have problems and flaws on tape did not mean that you're going to fail in the NFL. I just want people to remember he's human. And have some patience when he gets to the NFL. Don't expect day one to be the most amazing thing ever to happen. I mean, in fact, actually, the good news is Jacksonville has Gardner Minshew. In case, for some reason, Trevor isn't ready day one, they don't need him to play day one. But Trevor obviously has a lot of talent. I mean, did you watch college football for the last three years? He's unbelievable. He's really, really good. Uh, He processes things very, very quickly. He's a lead at running RPLs, the run-pass option, where you have the ability to either hand off the ball or throw the ball, depending on leverage or what defenders do post-snap. Now, the most impressive thing Trevor Lawrence does is he makes throws as he's getting hit or with defenders in his face. It's toughness. And that's a skill you need to have in the NFL. You cannot be afraid to get hit. He is the king of this. Kind of reminds me of Eli Manning, actually, where you will step into a hit to make a great throw. I love seeing that. Uh, It's the most impressive thing Trevor Lawrence does. He's this big, tall kid, got a big skill set, got a good skill set. And uh, he is going to get a lot of good support in Jacksonville, Uh, decent coaching, uh, some good players around him. Now, another thing I love about Trevor Lawrence is that he's self-aware. He was given this savior title as a very young dude, I mean, years ago. And from early on, Trevor's understood the responsibility that comes along with the title he's been given, both on and off the field, the responsibility that you have to have. Uh, and he's had a lot of pressure on him from very, from years and years ago. And it kind of reminds me of LeBron James, the way he handles all that pressure. Again, Trevor understands the responsibility he carries with him both on and off the field. Uh, that's very, very encouraging. I think Trevor's going to do very, very well in Jacksonville. Uh, now, I, I would take Zach Wilson, number one overall. Zach Wilson's my favorite quarterback in this draft class. Uh, but that's a risk. And Jacksonville's going to take Trevor. And that's I get it. Totally fine. Uh, Trevor's got no injury history. That's another thing that I would feel very good about if I was Jacksonville. And he will likely be the best quarterback Jacksonville's had in years, if not ever, to play the position for the Jacksonville Jaguars. And uh, I totally understand the pick. And uh, I'm excited to see what Trevor can do with the Jaguars. Okay, we are back. Uh, had a coughing fit, yelled at my neighbor. Can you hear what's going on in the background? My th- This dog next door, squealing like there's no tomorrow. Uh, I-, I would assume you can't hear it, but... And I, and I really, I hope you can't because it's miserable to me and I'm trying to do a show. But um, God, it's like, I, d- d- none of it matters. I want to talk about Trey Lance, the quarterback out of North Dakota State. Uh, he's a very, very unique NFL prospect in multiple ways. Number one, he basically hasn't played a game in two years. Uh, he played one game in 2020 against Central Arkansas. Actually, it was kind of his worst game in college football. But otherwise, with a weird year with covid Uh, All of Trey Lance's tape is from two years ago, 2019. 
Uh, he's basically been out of school training for the NFL. He got a quarterback coach, a top-notch guy, Quincy Avery. And uh, he's been working, preparing, like a dog, getting ready for the NFL. Uh, and it's very possible, if not likely, that the film you see of Trey Lance from two years ago does not represent who he is as a quarterback anymore. Like I, I, I would imagine, in preparation what he's been doing, I'd imagine he's gotten much better from two years ago. And it will continue to get better in the NFL. Uh, but when you put on tape, you see a guy with flaws, for sure, with inaccurate throws, uh, some bad habits. There's a play against James Madison, for example, in the title game where they blitz, and instead of hanging in the pocket, there's a guy, literally there's a receiver sitting open. You beat the blitz with a throw. Instead of doing that, he tries to run and is, run away and get sacked in the backfield. And it's very frustrating. Like, dude, like, okay, you, you got to sit in the pocket when they blitz, beat the blitz with a throw. However, I, I look at that and go, I, I'm so excited because if Trey Lance can get the right coach in the NFL, oh, my goodness. Because the talent you see from Trey Lance on film is unbelievable. In 2019 against Montana State, he made this amazing play, uh, amazing throw on a broken play where he like steps up in the pocket, runs all the way to the left, then all the way back to the right, flips his hips, launches the ball deep for a 73-yard touchdown pass. And you're like, that's, just, that's, that's freakishly athletic. He's got such a strong skill set out of North Dakota State. Uh, Trey Lance's potential is unreal. It really reminds me of Josh Allen or Justin Herbert. Uh, they both had problems in tape in college, but they got to the NFL. They got better coaching. They got time to progress. And we've seen recently crazy talented players with problems go to the NFL, get good coaching, get way better. So I, the story of Josh Allen and Justin Herbert really, really makes me feel very, very good about Trey Lance. And in this draft class in 2021, Trey Lance is the biggest and the best athlete at the quarterback position. He's got the biggest arm. Uh, this guy just needs a good coach. And I'm a greedy football fan. I love seeing incredible stuff. So what I really hope happens is that the 49ers draft Trey Lance, a number three overall pick. Uh, I think right now the debate in San Francisco is there's some people saying, you know, Mac Jones is more NFL ready. He's the safer pick. I totally get that. And then other people in that building are saying, you know, Trey Lance just needs a coach to help him. And who better than Kyle Shannon to help this young guy develop and become a great NFL quarterback? I agree with that second option, and I really, really would like to see Trey Lance and his skill set working with Kyle Shannon in San Francisco. It would be unbelievable. I really hope that happens. He's got a huge arm. He can run people over. He can also outrun people downfield. Uh, He's got a better skill set than Justin Fields, in my opinion. They're both similar prospects where they're great athletes with uh, a lot of amazing skill sets, but I think Trey Lance is more skilled uh, despite, you know, they both have flaws on film. The potential is unbelievable. And again, after watching Justin Herbert and Josh Allen really, really impressed me and go from guys that were like, yeah, a lot of people didn't believe in him. They had problems in tape uh, on in college on tape to see them. You know, last year, Justin Herbert won NFL rookie of the year. And a lot of people said that Josh Allen is most improved player and actually was an MVP candidate last year. So, I, I mean, I think the same path can happen for Trey Lance in the NFL uh, the 49ers have Jimmy Garoppolo, which means that there's no pressure. So if Trey Lance isn't ready to start day one, no problem. They got Jimmy Garoppolo. He can play for a while until Trey Lance is ready to be the long-term guy in San Francisco. I would love to see that happen. Also, weird side note, it doesn't matter, but it's kind of weird. If the 49ers do draft Trey Lance, they'd have two people who won the Walter Payton Award, which is basically the FCS award for the Heisman Trophy, best player in Division One AA, uh, and you know, Jimmy G is the other guy who won that. So the 49ers have two people who won that award. Uh, another note is there was a long stretch where 
Trey Lance went played for a long time without throwing an interception uh, his freshman year. I really never was that excited about that because the thing is there were some dropped interceptions over that time where you're like, well, if defenders could catch the ball, there would be have been an interception. So that was always a little bit overhyped. Uh, now, he also did play under center in college, which is very, very encouraging. Uh, that's another thing he's not going to have to learn. He didn't just play uh, in the shotgun all of college. He has gotten snaps under center. He's going to play action the same way he's going to have to do in the NFL. So, I mean, I, I really, really like Trey Lance. At the end of the day, his ability outweighs any bad habits you see on film. He's an unbelievable talent. Ev Osterwood is a very good dude, works incredibly hard. And if I was an NFL coach, I would have confidence. Man, Trey Lance is a guy who I could teach how to play the quarterback position in the NFL. If I was an NFL coach, if I'm Kyle Shannon, I'm looking at Trey Lance and going, I can mold this kid into an unbelievable NFL quarterback and can teach him how to play at a high level. So, uh, I mean, feel free. People can pass on Trey Lance. We watched Miami passed on Justin Herbert. I, I know they have to. Uh, I know this is a loaded statement, but Miami would love to have Justin Herbert. Wouldn't the Jets love to have Josh Allen right now? I, I know loaded statements, I have no doubt, but I dare people. Pass on Trey Lance. He's going to shred you. do very, very well in the NFL. So pass on Trey Lance with your own caution. I am hoping the 49ers draft him with a number three overall pick in tonight's NFL draft. All right, guys, my name is Zach Schaumler. I'm going to take a short break. When I return, we have three more quarterbacks to cover. Mac Jones, Justin Fields, and then one more guy, a secret fun one, which he probably figured out already, but I, it's, it's not Kyle Trask. Who do you think it is? It's, there's one more guy I want to cover uh, later in this episode. And then at the end, we'll do Ask Zach, of course. My name is Zach Schaumler. I'm going to take a short break. I will be right back. All right, we are back. Hope you're doing very, very well. I want to now talk about Mac Jones. Mac Jones is a quarterback out of Alabama. Uh, and I think most importantly is that on tape, I cannot find a reason to not draft him. If that makes any sense, uh, there's no bad habit. There's no bad trait. There's no horrible flaw uh, that would scare me away or give me some big red flag. I think the only real criticism you can make of Mac Jones is that the dude might have had the best supporting cast we've ever seen in college football. I mean, NFL players at every single position around him. Uh, and I've never watched a quarterback where... I've never seen anybody throw to receivers who were more wide open in my entire life than Mac Jones regularly had. I mean, guys that were alone for 20 yards with nobody around them. It's just unbelievable. I literally kept writing, I can't believe how wide open that receiver is. I wrote that over and over and over again when I was watching film. And uh, that's just not going to happen in the NFL. So I do wonder what's going to happen when Mac Jones lines up in the NFL in the shotgun and doesn't have an automatic win against every matchup on. Uh, against an NFL defense. I just, we can't predict what's going to happen there. Uh, but also what you see on film is there's no awful decisions. Uh, like go watch Kyle Trask for Florida. There are so many moments watching Kyle Trask that are just boneheaded, bad throws into double or triple coverage. You don't see that from Mac Jones. If there's any one thing you could possibly maybe critique or be concerned about is that I think there were times where Mac Jones forced the ball to Devontae Smith rather than pass up and, you know, throw the ball to other people or maybe more wide open. Um, but also like, it's kind of an empty thing to accuse him of because it was usually justified with Devonte Smith posterizing somebody and making a catch or making a big play. So he, you could even say like, well, yeah, he forced the ball to Devonte Smith who caught the ball like every time. So I just, I, it's a weird criticism. There's not a lot you can say like, this is the problem with Mac Jones. Uh, I said it before. I'll say it again. Like I watched film trying to poke holes and like, what's, what's wrong with Mac Jones? Why would you not want to draft him? 
And I, I couldn't find one. I, I, I watched. I, I just couldn't see anything like that. Mac Jones has got a great arm, probably the second best arm in this quarterback class to Zach Wilson. Uh, he's a very natural thrower of the football. He can manipulate his arm angle based on, you know, if he's trying to get the ball quick or if he's trying to get the ball up and over a defender. And uh, he, he's really good. He's super, super accurate. Got a cannon for him. The dude can launch the ball and stretch the field vertically very, very well. Uh, he can process things very, very quickly. He beats blitzes by throwing the ball. If you blitz him, he's like, hey, no problem. Going to sit in the pocket and make you pay by finding the weakness of the defense or finding his best matchup against man coverage. Uh, now, Mac Jones does not kind of run the ball for yards. He's not a, you know, a, quote, running quarterback. But Mac Jones does move very, very well within the pocket. There's a play against Auburn where he feels the defender behind him, steps up in the pocket, throws a corner. Uh, I think to his tight end for a touchdown, you're like, that's just an unbelievable play with a dude having having incredible pocket awareness and ability to feel defenders around him. Uh, and it's kind of insane how much Mac Jones on film looks identical to Matt Ryan. It's like it's very, very weird with the mannerisms, the mechanics. They look weirdly similar on tape, Mac Jones and Matt Ryan. Now, I would love to see Mac Jones in Denver uh, working with Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, Noah Fant, K.J. Hamler, Tim, uh, Tim Patrick, Melvin Gordon, Albert O., a great offensive line. Uh, I think if there's any one team in the NFL that's got the weapons that could maybe be similar to what he had at Alabama, which is weapons all over the place, it actually is Denver, who also does need a quarterback. Is Mac Jones going to last long enough for him to get to Denver? I have no idea. Uh, but I feel pretty good about Mac Jones in the NFL. I think he'd do well in Denver. Uh, he's got a huge arm. He'd do well in the cold. However, if Kyle Shanahan, the 49ers head coach, really, really loves Mac Jones and the 49ers pull the trigger and take him with the third overall pick, I would not, I, I would trust that. I think it would work very, very well. His ability throwing the ball, his habits, his decision-making, uh, Mac Jones could also do very, very well in San Francisco. So I think Mac Jones is a franchise quarterback. Uh, he reminds me a lot of Matt Ryan. I, I am really enamored with these guys who can move around and make big plays running the football and extending plays. Mac Jones is simply not that. But I think Mac Jones also has a lot of NFL habits and is going to do very, very well in the NFL. Now, Justin Fields, the quarterback out of Ohio State, I am calling my shot the best-case scenario, and I, I am praying this happens. Justin Fields, the best thing that could possibly happen to him in his entire life is for him to get drafted by New England and sit behind Cam Newton. I would love to see him in Denver with all that talent, but I think Justin Fields in New England with Bill Belichick and Cam Newton, a year to sit maybe and learn, that's the best-case scenario for him. That's what I hope is going to happen with him. Uh, I don't think Justin Fields is quite ready to be a day-one starter in the NFL, and that's totally fine, by the way. Uh, very similar to Trey Lance, Justin Fields needs to sit. He needs time to develop and get better. Uh, the difference between Justin Fields and Trey Lance, in my opinion, though, is that Trey Lance has got a better arm. Uh, he's a better thrower of the football. He's a, a bigger, better runner. Uh, now, I know that's, that's like blasphemy. But you say, well, yeah, Justin Fields is also an incredible runner of the football. Like, he, he had plays where, uh, there, against Michigan State, for example, his center kept screwing up all the time, snapping the ball high or way to the right. And Justin Fields was literally like, save the play over and over again. He would you know, find a way to recover the snap, run around, make a play, get yards, positive yards. So Justin Fields is an unbelievable runner. I just think Trey Lance is a little bit better talent, more athletic, uh, and, and better thrower of the football. So I think Justin Fields is going to have Trey Lance picked over him. I think it's very possible Justin Fields is actually not the second quarterback picked in the NFL draft, but probably the fifth. Uh, I think Mac Jones is going to get picked over him. I think that Trey Lance is going to get picked over Justin Fields. He's going to fall and fall and fall. It's going to be weird. 
Um, but I, and I think here's why. We'll talk about why. Here's why I think Justin Fields is going to fall in the NFL draft. Uh, the Northwestern game and the Indiana game had some very concerning moments. Uh, bad decisions, interceptions against Indiana, for example. Uh, he had one interception where his eyes and his feet were too slow to get across the field. He was trying to throw a seam ball down the left side. Safety undercut the ball. It's like he didn't even see the safety. He was very slow to get there. Uh, he also had a play where he was extending the play against Indiana. And instead of throwing the ball away, letting the play die, live to see another play, he tried to force it into coverage through an interception. It was just an ugly, bad decision. We're like, Justin, what are you doing? And uh, similar stuff happened in the Northwestern game. We were like, that's just a bad, bad look. It shouldn't happen. Uh, however, Justin has a ton of talent. Uh, again, I, I think about the, the plays he made as a runner. You're just like, that's a very, very special run. Uh, now, throwing, he can also do special things. Uh, but there are times where, you know, throwing the ball vertically where the ball just gets away from Justin. Uh, it's wobbly. It's ugly. However, I will say that in the NFL, I think Justin Fields is going to throw an even better spiral than he did in college. Uh, the kind of the ugly GST ball Ohio State uses. I, I hate those footballs. Uh, the Duke ball in the NFL, that thing spins like no tomorrow. It's easy to throw a spiral with. I think Justin's going to have an easier time throwing an NFL ball than he did with the ball in college. Uh, there's also a little bit of a like a hitch in Justin Fields' mechanics, like literally a hitch where he takes a hitch step before he throws. Unnecessarily, it's kind of a nervous tick where he'll – actually what it does is kind of telegraphs where he's going to throw the ball and sometimes makes him late to where he's throwing because he's got to take that extra little hitch step. Um, and so that's – there's little problems with Justin Fields all over the place with decision-making, with processing, with mechanical problems. But at the end of the day, uh, even though the dude is not perfect, neither was – uh, Josh Allen was not perfect. Justin uh, Justin Herbert was not perfect. I mean, there's a lot of guys in the NFL that have had problems and entered the NFL, been incredibly talented. And I want I want to remind you, if Justin Fields is in fact the fifth quarterback take in the NFL draft, I mean, so was Lamar Jackson. And the advantage of falling in the draft is you're going to go to an even better team. So I think the best thing that can happen for Justin Fields is to fall a little bit in the draft, be the fifth quarterback taken. Uh, yeah, he's got flaws on film. But go watch the Clemson game. Justin Fields against Clemson. Dude, he was unbelievably lit it up. So there's clearly a ton of talent there. Uh, I believe he's going to be successful in the NFL, especially if he goes to a good team with a good coach. I would bet on Justin Fields to succeed. I, I wouldn't mind if he had to sit for a little while behind a guy like Cam Newton, but I am a believer in Justin Fields. The final guy I want to talk about, uh, let's talk about Kellen Mond, the Texas A&M quarterback. Uh, I want to start, you know, Bears, 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 Bears. The Chicago Bears had better make a move. Go get Kellen Mond. It's a weird thing. I, first of all, this is the chance for teams to get a franchise quarterback in the second round. For whatever reason, I don't quite understand it. Kellen Mond is being forgotten about. It's not being talked about. No one seems to care. Uh, I, it seems like no one's going to do it. So I will pound on the table for Kellen Mond. This is a guy I would draft. I love his habits. I love his attitude. Uh, he's going unnoticed for some reason. I don't really understand why no one is understanding how good Kellen Mond is. He's basically, he's Dak Prescott or uh, Jalen Hurts is going to fall in the draft and become a franchise quarterback. Uh, I don't know why. I really, I watched the film and I, I can't see an example or a reason why Kellen Mond is viewed as a day two pick, a, a second, third, maybe fourth round pick. Uh, he's got better habits than Justin Fields. He's better at reading defenses. Uh, and it's also more frustrating because when you watch Kellen Mond at Texas A&M, 
He didn't have the help that, you know, Mac Jones had unbelievable talent around him. Ohio State with Justin Fields, unbelievable players all around the guy. Kellen Mond didn't have that. Uh, and what's interesting, I think what actually what helped Kellen Mond is that he was forced to grow because of the limitations around him. And there were times where, I mean, there were times where nobody was open for Kellen Mond at Texas A&M. How many times did that ever happen to Mac Jones last year? Literally, I don't think it ever happened. I don't think there was a single moment where Mac Jones was sitting there going, man, there's there's not a single matchup I like. There were moments like that for Kellen Mond where you're like, ah, dude, I don't, I don't know what you do. You run, extend the play, throw the ball away, please. Um, there's this awesome play against Tennessee where the defense blitzes, someone comes free off the edge, and Kellen just calmly sits in the pocket, finds the open man, throws an easy first down, uh, and beats a blitz with the throw. Habits like that. There's moments like that all over on film. You're like, that's a great throw. That's another great read. Uh, there's game-winning drives. I mean, there are so many moments on film with Kellen Mond where you're like, this dude can play. He's a four-year starter at Texas A&M. He can run around, can extend plays, runs a speed option very, very well. I think the only bit of feedback I would give Kellen Mond, when you watch the guy on tape, I, I wish he would relax his upper body a little bit. He holds the ball up here a little bit. I, I want to see him drop it down and hold the ball maybe more along his pec and just re- relaxed and not tight and tense, just a little more relaxed. Uh, but if you go watch, like, Aaron Rodgers, like Aaron Rodgers held the ball like this literally next to his ear in college football, like tense and weird. And you see Aaron Rodgers now, he's relaxed. There's no pressure. It's totally fine. So I, I want to see that kind of transition happen with Kellen Mond where he relaxes his upper body and doesn't have this tense tightness. But, man, uh, that's an easy, easy fix. I, I recommend also, by the way, Go look up videos of Kellen Mond just talking. Go listen to the guy talk and give interviews. I mean, the dude is incredibly driven. He's eager to prove himself. I, I would not bet against Kellen Mond. You can do it. Feel free. For whatever reason, the guy's going to fall in the draft, and I don't, I don't get why he's a second-round pick instead of a first-round pick. Uh, but this is a first-round talent hiding in plain sight. So Chicago, Washington, Pittsburgh, New Orleans, teams that need a quarterback, go Get yourself Kellen Mond. It's an unbelievable opportunity to get a franchise quarterback for a steal for nothing. It's it's baffling me and it blows my mind. Russell Wilson, for whatever reason, fell into the third round because he was short. I don't know what the I, I, he's not short. He's not broken. There's I I can't figure out what's going on. Why Kellen Mond is not being looked at as a franchise quarterback? Uh, but somebody, I, I'm begging you, please draft him. Kellen Mond is a franchise quarterback. He's got too many good habits and too many great throws on film uh, for him to be ignored. So, I, no, the Bears, the Chicago Bears. You got the, the second-round pick, 20th in the second round. I think it's the 52nd overall pick. Go get Kellen Mott. Washington, you got the ni- the, the, the 51st overall pick. Washington, the, the second-round pick, 19. Go get Kellen Mott. Go get yourself a guy who can be your starting quarterback for a long, long time. Uh, but the missed opportunity of the draft is if Chicago does not make a move and get Kellen Mott, the cheapest franchise quarterback in this NFL draft, I do not understand why there's not more buzz around Kellen Mond. All right, guys, I'm going to take a short break. When I return, I'm going to tell you what I would do with the top 10 picks a little bit more after that. Some, you know, kind of my hopes and dreams for the NFL draft. And we will end the show with Ask Zach. My name is Zach Schaumler. We're going to take a short break. I will be right back. All right, we are back. Hope you're doing very, very well. Uh, we're on a part three of the show. I'm really excited. We've gotten through... I've had so many coughing attacks. It's crazy. I can go for about 10 minutes talking before I just, like, peer out. My voice dies. Got to take a little mini break. Uh, I don't think you heard the dog barking next door. I know that, I mean, like, 
how much you probably can't even hear me snapping like off. I'm way behind the mic. I mean, it's like there are things you just can't. This mic doesn't pick up. Thank goodness. Um, I want to jump in. We'll do ask Zach in a moment. But what I want to do now, first, let me tell you what I'm not going to do. I'm not going to do a mock draft. Uh, there's no way I can predict what NFL teams are going to do. I just there's no way to do that. I don't like doing that. Uh, but I can tell you what I hope happens. Kind of my wishes and dreams for the 2021 NFL draft. It's pretty clear. It seems like the number one and two pick are locked. Uh, Trevor Lawrence going to go number one overall to the Jaguars. Zach Wilson going to go number two overall to the New York Jets. But there are a couple things after that. I'm like, I really hope this is going to happen. So number one, I hope that with the number three overall pick, the San Francisco 49ers pick Trey Lance, the quarterback out of North Dakota State. Uh, look, I'd support Mac Jones. I trust Kyle Shanahan. But I, I want the guy that they draft to be Trey Lance. Uh, Trey Lance has a ton of potential, and I'm a greedy football fan, and I really want to watch this incredibly gifted, talented quarterback play for this incredibly gifted NFL coach, Kyle Shan. It feels like a match made in heaven, and watching Trey Lance play in San Francisco would be incredibly fun. That's what I want to happen. Now, the Falcons, number four overall. Uh, I hope they—look, I'd like it if they drafted a quarterback. Uh, I'd be interested if they traded Matt Ryan, maybe to Chicago. That'd be fun. Like, imagine Matt Ryan with Matt Nagy and— Allen Robinson in Chicago. I don't, I don't think they're going to do that, but we are kind of on watch for a Julio Jones trade down the road. Uh, but what I really hope happens with the Falcons is that they trade down from the number four pick to like whatever they need to do. Maybe with the Patriots, the Patriots can trade up, get a quarterback. The Falcons can get more draft capital moving forward because so let's say the Falcons draft Kyle Pitts with the number four overall pick. A great tight end, a generational talent. That's awesome, but Kyle Pitts will not solve all their problems. And unfortunately, no matter who... The Falcons pick with the number four overall pick. They got more problems than just one pick can solve. Uh, so I, the thing I would like to see is if they traded down, got a bunch more picks, and used that to rebuild their franchise. Uh, so I am hoping that the Atlanta Falcons trade down from the from the number four overall pick. I also look. I don't want to see Matt Ryan rebuild that team. He's he's thirty five years old. Uh, maybe he's too good away to, tr- to too good to trade away. But I another kind of dream scenario is to see Matt Ryan get out of Atlanta, go to a better team. That's more ready to win now. That'd be kind of cool as well. Um, a team that's ready to win a Super Bowl. I, I'd love to see that happen. The same way that, you know, Matthew Stafford got out of Detroit. I'd like to see Matt Ryan get out of Atlanta. That's a dream scenario. I don't think it's going to happen, but I'd be excited about that. Uh, number five overall, I hope that the Cincinnati Bengals draft Panay Sewell, the offensive tackle out of Oregon. Uh, you got to go support Joe Burrow. Get him an offensive line. I know that there's got to, you know, enticing weapons out there, Jamar Chase, Kyle Pitts, but I want to see the Cincinnati Bengals support their quarterback by building him an offensive line that can protect him moving forward. He just got hurt, had a season-ending injury. Let's not get him hurt anymore. Let's get him some protection. Uh, The number six overall pick, I really, really am hoping that Miami, uh, they need to get Tua a weapon to throw to. You got this young quarterback, Tua Tungvaloa. Support the guy. I'm hoping for Jamar Chase from LSU, the wide receiver, or uh, Kyle Pitts, that tight end out of Florida. I want to see Miami get a really good weapon. And with that number six overall pick, it's likely some of the best weapons available in the NFL draft are still going to be there when they pick. I'd say the same message for Carolina with the number eight overall pick. However, I don't think that... It, I think it's pretty unrealistic to hope that Kyle Pitts and Jamar Chase are going to be available by the time Carolina is picking. But I would still say go get a pass catcher of some kind. Jalen Waddell, Devontae Smith, something... You know, you made this trade to trade for Sam Darnold from New York. Now support the guy. Don't do what New York did with Sam Darnold and not give him weapons and give him people that can help him succeed. 
Uh, I know that defense is enticing. A lot of people are talking about Carolina drafting uh, a defensive player. That's great, but I want to see Carolina. My dream for them is for them to draft a wide receiver or somebody that can help support Sam Darnold on offense. Uh, number nine, overall, I want to see Denver draft a quarterback, whether it's Justin Fields, Trey Lance, Mac Jones. I really don't care. I, what I don't want to see happen is Denver do nothing at quarterback. They traded for Teddy Bridgewater. Woo-hoo-hoo! Oh, amazing. That, that's good, but that's a guy who can start week one. I want a guy who can be their long-term starter for years and years and years. And frankly, Denver's got too good a roster to waste it with Drew Locke or Teddy Bridgewater. Denver needs a starting quarterback and a franchise quarterback. And I'm begging Denver, please draft somebody, whether it's, again, Justin Fields, Trey Lance, Mac Jones. I don't care. Whoever's available. Go get one of those guys and have somebody who can be your franchise quarterback moving forward after whatever time Teddy Bridgewater is your starting quarterback. I also want to see the Patriots go get a quarterback. Please, maybe trade up. Uh, I, my dream scenario for the New England Patriots is for them to draft Cam, sorry, <laughs> to draft Justin Fields, maybe Cam Newton 2.0, Justin Fields, to have Justin Fields sit behind Cam Newton and prepare and get ready. I, I would imagine that growing up, Justin Fields watched Cam Newton and was like, I can do that, and took a lot of skill sets and watched a lot of tape of Cam Newton and said, I can do what he's doing in the NFL. Uh, for me, a dream come true would be to see New England get Justin Fields to sit behind Cam Newton and learn for a year so he can become the franchise quarterback moving forward in New England. Uh, that's my dream scenario for a lot of these NFL teams. My final dream, and what I really, really hope happens for uh, one team in the 2021 NFL Draft, the Chicago Bears, please go get a quarterback. You don't have a lot of draft capital to trade up. You do not have a first-round pick. You also don't have a quarterback. Sorry, Andy Dalton does not cut it. I really desperately want to see the Chicago Bears trade up, go get a quarterback. I don't even mind if you trade up in the second round, so you're drafting earlier in the second round, and drafting Kellen Mond. That's kind of the dream scenario. For them to get Kellen Mond in the second round, I think a really cheap franchise quarterback, a guy like Dak Prescott or... Jalen Hurts or Russell Wilson, who was drafted in the third round. Never forget that. Um, I think the easiest way for Chicago to get a franchise quarterback is to draft Kellen Mond in the second round. That's my dream for them. That's what I hope happens uh, on Saturday. And so keep your eye on that, man. The Bears, please trade up. Uh, Atlanta, trade down or get a quarterback. Rebuild. I- I'd be fine with that. Uh, New England, please go get a quarterback. Move up. Go get somebody. Uh, and then I want to see Miami and Cincinnati and uh, Carolina support their young quarterbacks. Miami, Carolina, go get weapons. Cincinnati, please, for the love of everything I can pray to, go get Joe Burrow, an offensive lineman. It can be the guy for him on the left side or right side of his offensive line for years and years and years to come. Go get Panay Sewell in Cincinnati. Uh, I want to shift gears to Ask Zach. It's my favorite part of the show. In case you don't know how it works, what you do is you go to patreon.com forward slash Zach Schaumler. You give a dollar a month. You can't give more you want to. Please do. Uh, It literally helps pay my rent. A dollar a month gives you access to submit questions on Patreon. Uh, I I do not guarantee to read your question on the show. My only guarantee is I read every single question with my eyeballs and I pick the top couple to answer on the show. Question number one today is from Gustavo. He writes in and says, could you summarize in one word or sentence what the strongest asset of each quarterback in this draft class is? Uh, so for Trevor Lawrence, I wrote down toughness. Uh, I think the best thing Trevor Lawrence does is throw with pressure in his face, stepping into pressure, stepping into it. It reminds me a lot of Eli Manning. That's how I would summarize 
what Trevor Lawrence does best. Zach Wilson, uh, playmaking. It's his ability to run around and extend plays and make incredible throws along the sideline. Like, Zach Wilson can put the ball anywhere he wants, very similar to the way Aaron Rodgers does. Mac Jones, uh, decision-making. He's probably the least flashy quarterback in this draft class. He can't run around, but he's got a good arm. He's very accurate, and he makes very, very good decisions. Uh, Kellen Mond, I wrote down the word habits. Kellen Mond does NFL habits, probably better habits than Trey Lance or Justin Fields. I mean, he's a very we're forgetting about Trey for we're forgetting about Kellen Mond for whatever reason. He's a franchise quarterback in my opinion, and uh, I really like what he did and his habits at Texas A&M. Uh, Trey Lance, I wrote down the word talent. The talent Trey Lance has is unbelievable. Uh, I think he could become the best quarterback in this draft class, where he's got. Uh, the most arm, the raw arm talent, the power, the velocity. Uh, he's the best runner in this draft class. He's unbelievable. And then for Justin Fields, I wrote down running. I mean, the thing that Justin Fields does best is run the football. He is a he's a running back who can throw. It's unbelievable. It kind of reminds me of honestly, it reminds me of Cam Newton. My dream scenario is to watch Justin Fields go to New England, sit for a year, learn how to play by none other than Cam Newton, become the franchise quarterback in New England, and have uh, you know the evil empire return to its true form this time with Justin Fields as their starting quarterback. I really believe in Justin Fields. Uh, I know that running as your starting quarterback, that's, that's a stigma, but I look, that's what he's amazing at. He's an amazing, amazing runner and he's pretty good at throwing the football too. So uh, I think Justin Fields is a guy who is also underrated and often forgotten in the NFL. The good news is he's going to fall in the draft and go to a better team. Uh, Naomi writes in, Naomi says, could you place the quarterbacks where you think they would be most successful. So uh, I put Zach Wilson and Trevor Lawrence going to Jacksonville because I think the Jacksonville is better suited to help a young quarterback. They've got better weapons, better receivers, better running backs. Uh, I, I think whoever goes to New York, I feel very bad for. I think there's good coaching there. I think there's a good GM, but uh, New York does not have a lot of weapons. So they're going to draft Zach Wilson and he's going to go there and it's going to be kind of bare for a little while until they get better players around him. Uh, Trey Lance, I think the best fit for him is San Francisco. If Trey Lance can go to the 49ers, play for Kyle Shanahan in that offense, that's that's the best fit. I mean, that, that might be the best fit for every single quarterback in the NFL draft. Kyle Shanahan's an amazing coach, and uh, I would love to see him work in San Francisco. Mac Jones, uh, best fit for him, in my opinion, is Denver. They've got a ton of weapons around it. If there's any team that is any what reminiscent of what the weapons he had at Alabama, it's Denver with. Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton, Noah Fant, Tim Patrick, um, you know, Albert O, a great offensive line, just, you know, Melvin Gordon, weapon after weapon after weapon, kind of endlessly the same way that Alabama had last year. I think Mac Jones in Denver is a weirdly good fit that no one's talking about. Justin Fields, his best fit is New England. I would love to see Mac Jones learning how to play under Cam Newton, a guy who I think his game is very similar to, uh, to sit for a year under Cam Newton, learn how to play, become the franchise quarterback in New England. That's the best fit, in my opinion, for Justin Fields. And then Kellen Mond, best fit for him to be successful is Chicago. That's a team that needs a franchise quarterback. I think he could go in there and eventually beat out Andy Dalton in, in, in like five weeks. I think in five weeks, Kellen Mond is going to be a better quarterback than Andy Dalton. And uh, I think that's their franchise quarterback. Or, or maybe Andy Dalton gets hurt, and then Kellen Mond is ready for that moment. So uh, that is where I think Kellen Mond could go and be very, very successful. The next question is from Brody. Brody says, with the debate going on right now with Mac Jones or Fields at three, who would you draft? 
for the 49ers. Here is my floor and ceiling for the Mac Jones's floor is Jared Goff. His ceiling is Peyton Manning. The floor for Fields is Robert Griffin before the injury. And the ceiling is Cam Newton in 2015. That's the MVP season for Cam Newton. He says, I'm not saying that's what they will turn into, but just curious to see who you would draft knowing what they have a chance to become. With a number three overall pick, I've said it before, I'll say it again. I would draft Trey Lance. Uh, that's greedy. You know, for me, I'm really greedy. I want to see Trey Lance work with Kyle Shanahan. Him, what he could develop into with a good coach is unbelievable. Now, Mac Jones would be fine at number three overall, uh, but Trey Lance is the most talented quarterback naturally in this NFL draft class. Uh, he can run. He's got a huge arm. He's got a similar, similar skill set to Justin Fields, but I think Trey Lance is more talented than Justin Fields. And so that's who I would pick at number three overall. I'd pick Trey Lance. Archie writes in, again, another question about the number three overall pick. Archie says, is taking Mac Jones at three to the 49ers a reach, or is it warranted? And why do you think Kyle Shanahan seems drawn to his skill set? Uh, it would not be a reach. He's a guy with a great arm. He's a great decision maker. He's very similar to Matt Ryan. Remember, Matt Ryan won the NFL MVP when he was coached by Kyle Shanahan. And Kyle Shanahan looks at, Matt Ryan, looks at Mac Jones and goes, I can do with Mac Jones what I did with Matt Ryan. Uh, I've watched the film. There's really no bad habits. I couldn't find any reason. There's no big red flags in Mac Jones' film. So I think Mac Jones with the 49ers, if that's what does happen, that is totally fine with me, and it'd be very, very successful. Uh, Caleb writes in. Caleb says, maybe this is more of a comment than a question, but I've, I'd like your thoughts. I've heard a lot of people say Zach Wilson is the best quarterback in the draft, and a lot of people still seem to think that's a crazy hot take. I've said that. I believe that. Uh, in my opinion, Zach Wilson has the highest ceiling in this class, but I think Trevor Lawrence is also going to have the highest floor. If I'm the Jaguars, I would want to take a long, hard look at our ability to develop quarterbacks and make the most of their skill set. If I felt confident in that, I would take Zach Wilson over T-Law. With that said, I'm sure they're going with the safer option in Lawrence, who seems to be more of a known quantity and seemingly would be impossible to be a bust. The Jaguars are going to take Trevor Lawrence because he's a safer pick. I mean, imagine if they, I said this earlier, imagine if they drafted Zach Wilson and then Zach Wilson didn't work. They'd get crucified and probably never work in football ever again. But I would take Zach Wilson. I know that's crazy, but there's really solid weapons in Jacksonville. I, I look at Zach Wilson and go, he's incredibly talented. He's ready to play now. He can run better than, run around better. He's got more fluidity. He's got a better arm than Trevor Lawrence. Uh, he's a huge playmaker. And Zach Wilson would do very, very well in Jacksonville, playing with DJ Chark and LaVisca Chenault and Marvin Jones. Jackson writes in, he says, Jags, uh, Jags fan here, what do you think is a realistic projection for Trevor Lawrence's rookie year? I think we have done a decent job getting the offensive side of the ball squared away with more than competent talent. I do have a slight concern about the offensive line and how Urban Meyer and Daryl Bevel decide to run our offense. That's to be determined. However, I am uncharacteristically optimistic for this year. Love the show. Thanks for everything. Jackson, be patient. Uh, it's going to take time. I don't, you know, remember the, Ford, the, the Jaguars are rebuilding. And uh, Trevor Lawrence is not perfect. He's got room to grow. There's going to be, I think, growing pains early on in his career in the NFL. Uh, but I think, again, it's going to be a guy who's going to have maybe some ups and downs as a rookie. But I think eventually Trevor Lawrence is going to do very well and be the best quarterback Jacksonville has ever had. But I'm telling you, be patient if it's rough early on. However, uh, what, what I hope Jacksonville does is run a ton of RPOs that run pass option where you catch the snap. You're looking at a defender based on leverage, based on what a defender does post snap. You're either throwing the ball 
or handing the ball off. And so I, I'd love to see an RPO-type offense built around Trevor Lawrence in Jacksonville. He did incredible. I mean, he was like literally elite running RPOs at Clemson. I, I kind of hated RPOs in college. It was really frustrating because I was like, I, I just want to call pass plays and you're making me like nickel and dime. But Trevor Lawrence did it better than anybody I've ever seen. And I, uh, I really, really admire what Trevor Lawrence does, the way he runs RPOs uh, and the way he did in college at Clemson. Um, Sully writes in, Sully says, what is the likelihood that the Patriots take a quarterback and which quarterback are they going to take in your opinion? I think they might go for a receiver instead since they have Cam and Jared Stidham. I think people forget how good Cam was before he got COVID, which threw off his season. Let me know your thoughts. Love the show. They they could go without a quarterback. However, I think that that's risky. And I think the Patriots are not going to have a, a pick like this again for a long, long time. I want to see the Patriots take Justin Fields. Justin Fields and Camp Newton have a very, very similar skill set. Uh, it would be amazing. Kind of the dream scenario for Justin Fields to be able to sit and learn behind Cam Newton for a year. Uh, and Justin Fields has so much talent. If he could sit and develop and learn that offense and then in year two be ready to go. I think Justin Fields, that's the guy I really want to see the New England Patriots take and you know rebuild their franchise with. Caleb writes in, different Caleb, says... Hey, Zach, hope all is well with you. When it comes to quarterback footwork, who are your top three and what separates good footwork from great footwork? Um, so my top three guys with footwork in this draft class are Zach Wilson, Mac Jones, and Kellen Mond. Kellen Mond knew the playbook inside and out. Uh, his footwork in, within the offense was impeccable. He also can move around inside and outside of the pocket uh, very, very well. Feels pressure very well. Good pocket movement. Mac Jones is unbelievable within the pocket. His ability to slide around and feel pressure and slide left, slide right, stay in the pocket, but move a lot to keep plays alive. Uh, He may not run around to extend plays, but he does extend plays by moving within the pocket. And then Zach Wilson extends plays by getting outside of the pocket, running from the pocket to the sideline, keeping a play alive until he can throw the ball downfield. They're all three different, but they all three have the best footwork, in my opinion, in this NFL draft class. Uh, what makes good footwork? It's ability to feel defenders around you, to slide, to know when to escape, to know when to slide around in the pocket, move up, move back. Um, a lot of people just want to retreat. I-, I think a guy who's got bad footwork, frankly, is Justin Fields. He's got this thing with his front foot where he's slow going through progressions, and he's got kind of a hitch where he he's often hitches up before he throws the ball, and it kind of telegraphs where he's going to throw the ball and also makes him late to throwing footballs. So uh, I think Justin Fields is probably the worst footwork in the pocket, but he's also got incredible ability to feel people around him, so I don't want to be too harsh on Justin Fields either. Uh, The next question of the day comes from Bert. He says, hey, Zach, I've got two Mac Jones questions for you. Number one, my first is, do you believe that he should be a first-round draft pick? And second, which team do you think Mac Jones would be most successful with? So, yeah, Mac Jones should be a first-round pick. He's going to be, and he should be. Uh, I think he should go play for Kyle Shannon. It'd be unbelievable for him. That'd be the best fit. Another good fit would be, I can't believe no one's talking about this, Mac Jones in Denver. With all the weapons they have on offense, that's a lethal offense week one next year. And so I I think the dark horse, the team that should be considering Mac Jones if they can get him, is Denver with the number nine overall pick. Brass writes in and says, what does Kyle Trask's NFL career realistically look like? If he masters certain elements of his game, does he have potential to become a top-half quarterback? Um, I watched all the tape from Kyle Trask last year. I decided not to cover him. I decided not to do a topic about Kyle Trask. 
Uh, I don't want to just tear him down. And this is a statement you could make about any quarterback, but it's also true about Kyle Trask. I mean, if he goes to the right spot with a good coach and has time to develop, I mean, Kyle Trask could work in the NFL. But that's, I mean, think about what I just said. If things go right, goes to the right team, has time to develop. I mean, that's a statement you could make about literally any quarterback in any NFL draft is, if things go right, he could do well. Like, that's a very, and I was, I was writing my notes, I'm like, okay, just, yeah, but I don't feel good about Kyle Trask. He made a lot of baffling decisions, and frankly, like for a guy who's six foot five, his arms should be a lot stronger. He does not have very uh, good mechanics, frankly, to use his legs to drive the ball downfield. Um, and there's a lot of throws in a double and triple coverage from Kyle Trask on film where he was often rescued and carried by his wide receiver. So I think the best spot for Kyle Trask to go would be New New Orleans. Him going to the Saints, he looks. I mean, it's, not only does he look like Drew Brees, literally like in the face, but also his mechanics. I, I have no doubt that Kyle Trask learned how to play football watching Drew Brees. And so that's the guy where I, I think Kyle Trask, if he goes to New Orleans, can learn from Sean Payton and develop. He might actually work in, in New Orleans, but that's probably the only place where I think Kyle Trask has an opportunity to maybe eventually become a franchise quarterback. Maybe Chicago takes him. I don't know. We'll find out. Uh, I'm not going to write him off completely, but I didn't feel like he was worth covering too much because I don't really believe in Kyle Trask. <clears throat> William says, Justin Fields has been the 1B to Trevor Lawrence's 1A for like the past five years. Why is the narrative changing here in just the last couple months? Is Wilson really better than Justin Fields? Yes, he is. Uh, I-, I think we often get so used to a narrative, we don't often challenge it. Yeah, we thought Justin Fields was the best quarterback for long, long, the second best quarterback for a long, long time, only to Justin Fields, to Trevor Lawrence. But it, it's not true. I mean, when you watch Zach Wilson, you go, I, gosh, I think Zach Wilson might be better than even Trevor Lawrence. But no one's going to challenge that because he's the chosen one, you know, been labeled that for a long, long time. Uh, Zach Wilson's got a better arm than Justin Fields. He's a better decision maker. There's better film. Uh, he's better throwing on the run. He's better at extending plays. I, I, the list is endless, but Zach Wilson is, in fact, a better quarterback than Justin Fields. Final question of that is from John Luke. He says, people keep saying Trevor Lawrence is a once-in-a-generation talent or a once-in-every-15-years prospect. When I look at him, I see he's extremely good. But could you please tell me what it is that makes him the word generational? It's not like we've ever seen him put up a season like Joe Burrow's final season in college. Uh, John Luke, I agree with you. I don't, I don't see it, man. I don't, I don't, I don't know why we're comparing him to Andrew Luck or John Elway other than the fact that we're supposed to. It's this expectation that he, he's supposed to be the next guy, so let's, you know what I mean? I, don't, I, I frankly think Zach Wilson's better than Trevor Lawrence. I like Trevor, but he's a bit overhyped. Uh, that's not his fault. He still, I think, is going to be very successful in the NFL. But there's these, this expectation we're married to that we can't possibly take our mind off of because we for so long assumed he would be. Now it's there and he should be, right? Uh, and it feels like analysts and people like that got kind of lazy with their... Uh, did no one watch the Virginia Tech game? Trevor Lawrence was not good. I mean, it's it's an ugly, ugly performance, and we just ignore it. And there's a lot of problems on tape we just totally ignore. Um, but I, then if you say that about Trevor Lawrence, you're nitpicking. So whatever. Football people know what they watch, and I, I, I personally think Trevor Lawrence has got problems, and that's okay. It doesn't mean you can't be successful. Uh, but I think Zach Wilson is, in fact, a better quarterback than Trevor Lawrence, and that's my opinion. I'll, you know, I, I, that's a hill I'm willing to die on. I looked at that and was like, is my career worth ending 
like, because people are going to hate that. They're going to be very, very angry when I say that. But I don't care. It's what I believe, and that's it's my job to say what I believe, and I, that's a hill I will die on. I think Zach Wilson is a better quarterback than Trevor Lawrence. Guys, my name is Zach Schaumler. Thank you so very much for tuning in. That's literally all I have. Uh, my voice is dead. I'm I'm still really sick. Uh, I will see you later tonight, or probably early tomorrow morning, to recap what does in fact happen in the 2021 NFL draft.